Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss philosophy, faith, leadership, nonprofits, and a host of social issues. We want to add value and understanding the dignity and freedom of human beings. For more information, visit the website philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's Dr. Philip Fletcher. Welcome to another episode of the Humanity Matters podcast. Took about two weeks off just trying to, oh man, just really digest what is going on here in the good old United States of America. A lot is going on. And, you know, sometimes you just got to take a moment to, to breathe. And just to reflect and try to figure out, you know, what's going on and and what are the next steps. So I want to open up with a thought from L.A. Uh, Vessel. Uh, he is a Jewish survivor of uh, the Holocaust. And he said this, and I quote, I swore never to be silent whenever and wherever Human beings endure suffering and humiliation. We must always take sides. Close quote. Yeah. When you see suffering and humiliation, uh, how are you going to respond? And we have seen in the last few weeks that uh, people across America have chosen different ways to respond to the death of uh, George Floyd in Minneapolis. Uh, People have responded, obviously, with tears, thinking about George Floyd's family and much prayers go out to them even to this day. Uh, People have chosen to protest peaceably out on street corners and marching down streets. And there are others who have chosen uh, to respond in ways that are uh, a betrayal, in my opinion, uh, to the life of George Floyd. Men and women have chosen to be opportunist and destroying people's livelihoods and businesses, impacting uh, their way of life, especially You know, in the context of uh, COVID-19 and many people were already struggling and uh, states were opening back up for business. And, you know, now you've got small businesses closed down, uh, places burned out. And, you know, it's very unfortunate. And now we're in this place of, uh, you know, hey, if you're a white person, you're guilty. Because your privilege, because your ethnicity, you know, you're blatantly racist or you're racist and you just don't know it. You know, obviously the whole thing about systemic racism and institutional racism and privilege and the history of America in regards to racism and the impact of slavery. And, you know, we've kind of forgotten about the main thing looking at something manageable that we could probably work with and address 
regarding uh, police interaction with black men and women specifically, but then also just police interactions with American citizens uh, in general. It's kind of being lost in the discussion. And now, you know, you got your socialists who have come out and you got your communists who have come out. You've got uh, all types of people who have come out really to take advantage of uh, the situation. And it's real uh, unfortunate. And, uh, you know, lives have been lost. Lives have been lost. Uh, so when we see suffering and humiliation, we do have to take a side. And we should uh, take the side of justice. And justice requires setting things right. Uh, that men and women get what is due to them. We should pursue justice uh, with just means. So the end is tied up in the means. So we should take the side of justice, but in taking the side of justice, we should take just means with us. We should take just means with us. So, you know, these words by Brother Russell, uh, you know, someone who came out of a very difficult period with the, the Holocaust in uh, former Nazi Germany back in the 20th century, mid 20th century. Uh, he gives us some wise words um, because he points out human beings. We're all human beings, regardless of our ethnicity regardless of our class, wherever we live in these United States, we're all human beings and human beings suffer. And at some point there's going to be a human being who not only suffers, but is humiliated. So we should take the side of justice, not the side of just angels. Thomas Sowell talks about how there are many who want to be on the side of angels, but in the being in the side of angels is a bunch of force and coercion. When I'm talking about being on the side of justice, uh, justice that is motivated through love and the hopes of reconciliation, reconciliation. Now it's Dr. Philip Fletcher with uh, the Humanity Matters podcast. If you got a question, you can email me humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, so look up Philip Fletcher, Philip D. Fletcher. Find me on Instagram, Dr. Philip Fletcher. You can find me on Twitter, at Phil Fletcher. You can go to my website, Philip Fletcher. That's two L's, philipfletcher.org. And I would love to uh, connect with you. So, means, ends. What does it look like when we take sides, right? What does it look like when we pursue the end being justice, justice that includes love and reconciliation? So if you will, love is the means. Justice and reconciliation are the ends. Love is the means. Justice and reconciliation are the ends. I am uh, last eight years been real committed, 
significantly committed to Dr. King's approach to justice and reconciliation. And it's justice and reconciliation that is tied up in using love. And it, and it really begins with recognizing the dignity and worth that is existing in all human beings, regardless of the side a person may be on. Secondly, it's approaching that person in a way where I do not want to dehumanize or diminish that individual or his or her agency, but work to understand. And in that time, I came across in a lot of his readings, I spent about a year and a half and I just read all of Dr. King's stuff, you know, bought his books, listened to the the speeches that were available. Uh, very blessed to have those recorded uh, from that time and just read all this stuff and really wanted to digest really what Martin Luther King was saying. In, pa- in fact, uh, part of my doctoral dissertation really delves into uh, King's use of theistic personalism and its application to uh, his approach to the civil rights movement. And that has been uh, my commitment in the work that I do here in Conway, Arkansas. Because uh, in the work that I do, I'm, I find myself always at odds with somebody. It could be a landlord, uh, politicians, you know, people just in the streets. And, you know, I could come in with guns blazing and be like, hey, we're going to fix this, right? And we're going to use force and and strong language and things like that without really understanding where the other individual is coming from. doesn't mean you have to agree, but you have to s- take time to understand. And one of the uh, significant book that I read prior to even um, delving into King's philosophy was a book by Martin Buber entitled The I Thou. And I would encourage you uh, to pick that book up and read it. The I Thou. Now, um, significantly, uh, this uh, rabbinic theologian, he really addresses uh, the difference between a I-it relationship versus an I-thou relationship. And that how two individuals, when they come together, they enter into this uh, this dynamic experience where one hears the other without betraying what one holds uh, or believes. So I found that very uh, significant in my work. And then from there, that took me to Martin Luther King. And in fact, he references uh, Martin Buber in a speech uh, that he get, gave toward the end of his life. And it's very, very uh, significant. So that led me to uh, Martin Luther King's six steps, <clears throat> excuse me, nonviolent direct action. Six steps, nonviolent direct action. Again, this is Dr. Fuller Fletcher, Humanity Matters podcast. 
Hey, hit me up if you got a question. Humanity Matters Podcast at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I would love to <clears throat> connect with you. <clears throat> Find me on the website, philipfletcher.org. That's Philip with two L's. So, what are these six steps? So, I'm hoping to introduce people to this information, right? And I hope that in your, you're trying to figure out how to navigate this whole discussion on race and you've got this question, what is it I'm supposed to do? I hope first, before doing anything, that you would take a moment and pause and put yourself in a learning posture. So that's number one, information gathering, information gathering, gather information. Don't be quick to speak. Don't be quick to provide a, hey, I got a solution. Uh, Take a moment to investigate what's going on. There's a lot of information about police interactions as it relates to black men and women, as it relates to white men and women. Latinos, Asians, so on and so forth, right? You can gather that type of empirical information. You can get some anecdotal information as well, and that can be done by talking to people, right? Getting some interactions. I would say, like, kind of stay away from news sources, right? Uh, Get as close to the information as possible because news sources have their bent. They're trying to Put forward a certain agenda. So gather information, you know, read books, look at research, talk to people. Martin Luther King uh, said you should become an expert for both sides. Understand your position, but also understand the position of the person that you will be interacting with. So that's information gathering. The second is education. Education. So this is important. Be able to talk to someone else that you agree with, educate them, but also educate them about the opposing side as well. And the more that you do this, you want to be able to adequately and factually represent not only your position, but the position of the other side. Why is this important? Well, you know, one, it gives credibility to the work that you want to do. Secondly, it gives you credibility to the person on the other side. Now, as I'm going through this, I, I, I can anticipate, you know, Philip, we've done this and done this for years and years and people are not listening. I, I would I would beg to differ. Um, I would I would beg to differ. I think 50 years ago to now, we've had a lot of progress. Even with some of the stuff that has gone on uh, in the last few weeks, we have made progress. And. I think it's important that we take what we see and put it in context. 
in the larger discussion of how far we have actually come. And we shouldn't throw that out the window. So step one is information gathering. Step two is education. Step three, here it is, personal commitment. One of the things that I did uh, the last uh, week, I gathered together groups of people by gender and ethnicity. So on one night, I had just black males, another night, black females, another night, white males, white females. And I wanted them to engage with how they were feeling, express what they were feeling, any questions they had, doubts they needed to express. This was trying to cultivate, start, sow the seeds of a behavior of self-reflection about this particular situation regarding the black community and police interactions. Because it's important as you go through nonviolent direct action that you take a personal stock within yourself, how you're doing mentally, how you're doing emotionally so that you can be committed to recognizing your own dignity and worth and agency, but also the dignity, worth and agency of the person who is in quote unquote opposition to you. The person that's going to have ideas and arguments that you're going to disagree with. So you have to prepare your heart and mind to face difficult moments while understanding you're going to maintain the means of love with the end goal of justice and reconciliation. <clears throat> so that's personal commitment. So we've looked at information gathering, education, personal commitment. And when we come back from the break, we will look at steps four, five and six. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Dr. Philip Fletcher, and I'm proud and blessed to announce the publishing of my new book, Created in Freedom, Poverty and Economics. Hey, we were created in freedom. Human beings across the globe, we possess a common thread of human dignity and a desire to express this dignity in a multitude of ways without obstacles and restrictions. And so Created in Freedom, Poverty and Economics is a series of essays and who I want to specifically talk to are men and women who are experiencing poverty, those who are helping men and women who are living in poverty, and just the general audience. And so get your copy of Created in Freedom, Poverty and Economics. You can go to my website, philipfletcher.org, click on the content tab, and you can order your copy, an ebook or paperback. Get it, share it. And let's continue to grow together as we flourish as human beings. That's Created in Freedom, the new book by me. Y'all take care. God bless. Hey, welcome back to the Humanity Matters podcast. We are going over the steps to nonviolent direct action. What are the steps 
that can lead us to justice and reconciliation. So we've looked at the first three, information gathering, education, personal commitment. And now we look at probably the hardest of the six. So discussion and negotiation. This is where we have to sit down with the other side. This is where we have to sit down with the chief of police or the city councilman or the the mayor or that individual who wants to maintain the Confederate statue or that Confederate flag on publicly taxpayer-funded property. This is where the rubber meets the road, where that personal commitment has to be brought to bear, the information that you've gathered, the time that you've spoken to people to inform not only yourself, but others. It's where you have to sit down And this is where that I thou comes in from Martin Buber, where in this space, you present your information, where you present your proposed solutions. Now, understanding that with any solution, there are trade-offs. And then you have to have Motivated by love, the humility and the strength to sit and hear from the other side. And hear their idea, their arguments and what it is that they propose. This may also require a back and forth. So negotiation until a consensus is arrived at. Now I understand there are some things in which, you know, no consensus can be, can be found like dehumanizing, taking of life, destruction of property. I understand that. But in moving forward to cultivate a more just society, but then also a society in which those who are in opposition are reconciled to one another, it is going to require some hard work, humility, but also extending to the person on the other side a level of grace and above all, love and listening to arrive at a solution in which justice is reigning And that those who are at once in opposition are civil to one another and are supportive of one another. Reconciliation. So that's step four, discussion and negotiation. Step five is direct action. Now, direct action is where you have to appeal to the opposition's morality to convince your opponent to continue to work together to resolve the issue, but you never use violence. So, you know, negotiations may stall, right? And so this is what we see with 
the civil rights movement. Uh, we see in the movement in India with Mahatma Gandhi. And you can see in other locations where this has been tried. Where there may be a necessity for some level of protest, some level of direct action that appeals to listen to this, the opposition's morality. People know right and wrong. So how can we proceed in a nonviolent way to appeal to a person's morality and with the goal of influencing them to continue to work together with us for a solution that brings about justice and reconciliation. Which leads us finally to the sixth step, reconciliation. This is where the party happens. This is where we sit down at the table of brotherhood. Because nonviolence can bring about reconciliation. If we seek to use violence in physical form or with our words, verbally or written form, we stall the journey towards reconciliation and justice. Reconciliation will be much harder to arrive at if when I am punched in the face, I punch another in return. Either literally or metaphorically. So we should respond to injustice in any form in such a way That we keep the main thing, the main thing, which is justice and reconciliation. We want to win men and women to our side so that we can exist in a new day that has greater justice, greater reconciliation. And that is a benefit for those that come behind us. Martin Luther King summarizes The key is building a relationship that will bring about a resolution. So this is hard. It's hard work. It requires a commitment on all sides. And it should start with those of us who want to see justice reign, not only in our own lives, but to be the benefit of all people involved. Because you're not in this alone. We're in this together. So my encouragement to everybody as I, as I close is that we take a step back and remember that we're all human beings made with dignity and worth, we have agency. We have ideas for what it means to have a society in which we flourish as individuals and as family members. We do have a choice 
We can go about ushering in whatever vision we have for the world in a violent way or in a nonviolent way. And history has shown when we pursue violence, the consequences more often than not are more than the society can bear. But what would it look like if we pursued a nonviolent approach in which the maximum number of people who were at one time against us We are now sitting at the table of brotherhood and sisterhood moving forward together. This does also recognize there are going to be those who are like, no, I'm good. I want to do my own thing. Right. But the greater the growth of men and women and children who are pursuing ways of peace who are using love as the means to arrive at greater love and justice and reconciliation, the greater the opportunity is for us to have a society that is more based on decisions and actions that are driven by our common humanity instead of pursuing actions that are based off of an ethnicity or any other distinction that God has given us actually to make known the greatness of his name, not use it to diminish one another. So this has been Dr. Philip Fletcher with the Humanity Matters podcast. Thank you for the time. Uh, Next episode, we'll be picking up again with Frederick Uh, Douglas with a speech that he gave in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, my hometown. We'll be looking at just some great topics that he addressed regarding political action, political ambition and civil rights. So, hey, be looking forward to that. Also, go to my website, philipfletcher.org. Click on the content tab and check out my new book, Created in Freedom. It's the first of three in this series. And the first is Poverty and Economics. I'd appreciate y'all support in that manner. Uh, Give it a review on Amazon or send me an email of what you thought. Hey, I love criticism, good and bad. It helps me. Uh, be a better writer. I want to be able to put out content uh, so that future generations can benefit from it. So remember to be loved, to be kind, to be generous. And remember, if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. For more information, check out my website, philipfletcher.org. And also the work that we do at the City of Hope Outreach. You can see that website coho58.org. Y'all take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to the Humanity Matters podcast. For more information, visit the website philipfletcher.org or send us an email at humanitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. 
And remember, as always, if we remember to live in hope, we can do the impossible. So be love, be kind, and be generous.